It's the All Things Strange Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent Anderson, Agent Ether, and Agent ETA. Come along to a realm beyond the ordinary and a frequency that resonates with the unexplainable. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded better on the, you know, like in my head, to a place where the veil is thin. I do like the veil is thin part. You can contact us at allthingsstrange at proton.me. And feel free to join us on Discord where you can interact with the hosts and stuff. This week's episode, Hypnosis. All right, you don't quite have the timing down for this new intro yet. Well, I, I don't know. I was just making commentaries and things. I liked you know? the commentary. I ended okay. I, end, I, I said the last, I said hypnosis when I'm supposed to. Good job. I'm always a little loosey-goosey with that anyways. I don't always do it at the exact same time. Just somewhere in the general vicinity of towards the end of the song is fine, you know? Doesn't have to be That perfect. reminds me of this one time. <laughs> yeah. Horseshoes and hand grenades? What? Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Hypnosis. This is a really fun topic, and you can take this into any number of directions like you can really go a lot of different places with this one so it's super broad yeah we all covered kind of a a couple of different things but i wanted to start off with just a um just a general definition but before we do that i'd like to mention that this topic was voted upon by our patreon subscribers if you'd like to support the show on patreon you can do so there are three tiers of supportage that a word supportage it's your word. I guess so. Uh, the first tier will get you early access and after hours. The second tier, in addition, you get bonus episodes. And the final tier, the final frontier, will get you the ability to vote on upcoming topics. And they voted on hypnosis this time, which is a really fun topic. And I'm glad they chose this one. Although I'm sure the whatever the other option is, I already forgot, would probably have been fun as well. But all right, here we go. Hypnosis. From Wikipedia. Yeah, hypnosis... It- Oh, I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go no, ahead. you go ahead. You no, go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead with the definition first. And now I was, I was going to talk about some of the things it, it could be used for. Yeah. So I, there's a bunch of different definitions, but I like the way Wikipedia phrased things because it made a lot more sense than some of the other ones that I found. So here's what Wikipedia has to say. Hypnosis is a human condition involving focused attention. The selective attention, selective inattention hypothesis is one of the ideas. Reduced peripheral awareness and an enhanced capacity to respond to suggestion. There are competing theories explaining hypnosis and related phenomena. Altered state theories see hypnosis as an altered state of mind or trance marked by a level of awareness different from the ordinary state of consciousness. Um, In contrast, non-state theories see hypnosis as variously a type of placebo effect a redefinition of an interaction with a therapist or a form of imaginative role enhancement. And I actually disagree with that personally, since I have done some self-hypnosis and it is not performative. Oh, have you? It is not placebo. It is actually, it's very similar to meditation in my opinion, but it's a real thing. It's not, it's not placebo at all in my opinion. It's interesting because it's similar to meditation, but it activates different parts of your brain, like neuroimaging show that hypnosis is very unique in, you know, the way it changes your brain chemistry. It's not quite like anything else. Yeah. 
And to finish up here, during hypnosis, a person is said to have heightened focus and concentration and an increased response to suggestions. Hypnosis usually begins with the hypnotic induction involving a series of preliminary instructions and suggestions. The use of hypnosis for therapeutic purposes is referred to as hypnotherapy, while its use as a form of entertainment for an audience is known as stage hypnosis, a form of mentalism. Which, by the way, I put that on the list. I definitely want to do an episode on mentalism because it's pretty wild stuff. Uh-huh. It's fun. That would be a fun one to do. But yeah, it's one of those ones where like you don't know if people are giving in to the you know the pressure of just going along with what's happening, or is it actually like a different state of mind or something that they're being put in, you mm-hmm. know? So I believe the aging ether did a little bit about the history, and maybe do that, and then you can talk about some of the different uses aging ETA. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, along the same lines, you were defining hypnosis. I actually read a couple journal articles because I'm a big science nerd. Because of course you did. And one of them came from the National Library of Medicine over in the UK, and they talked about the same kind of thing where hypnosis was kind of this waking state of awareness or consciousness, which is kind of an alternative to the initial historical thought, which was that it was an altered state of sleep. Hmm. So hypnosis is not, in Hmm. fact, sleep. You are detached from your environment, but it's not the same as sleeping. And hypnotic induction, as you talked about, involves focusing on specifically like your imagination and like your cognitive skills onto things like imagery so that you'll be more accepting of suggestions. But interestingly enough, most of the population is not super suggestible. It's like a bell curve. And children are most... um, able to go under hypnosis, undergo hypnosis. But in general, like 20% of the population will be more susceptible, like the most susceptible. And then 40% maybe you can hypnotize. And then the others you can't, Hmm. like at all. Like they're not susceptible to Hmm. hypnosis at all. So it does have all these therapeutic benefits, but only for a certain percentage of uh, of the population. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because we don't necessarily like like as humans, we we think we know so much, right? But we don't really know what consciousness really is. You know what I mean? Like do we create consciousness? Do we receive it? Like, you know, what what exactly is reality? We don't know that, you know? There's there's no scientific data to to really prove what exactly consciousness is, right? So like what is even dreaming? At once at what state of mind are we in when we're dreaming? Are we even like like on the same plane of reality while we're dreaming? Because like you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all had like waking dreams where like when you when you woke up, you're like, I swear to God that was real, you know. But maybe it was just such a you know influential experience that particular dream that like when you woke up, you, you thought like, how could that have not been real? You know that you know, I, I swear it, to God that that seemed like a different reality. Interestingly you know? enough, daydreaming is associated with the same parts of the brain and engages your imagination in the same way as hypnosis. Interesting. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities in um, your brain activity when you're daydreaming, yeah. when you're having a fantasy, versus when you're being hypnotized. Well, and it also goes back to one of these things I've brought up before in, in probably multiple episodes now. Uh, the pineal gland that you have at the base of your brain produces dimethyltryptamine, DMT. Why would it? 
Why is that? Why would that be necessary for the human body to produce? What does that mean exactly? I don't know. I'm not going to try to say I know, but I find it very interesting. You know, it's, it's it doesn't seem necessary according to you know what our common you know beliefs are. You know, as far as what reality is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, let me go into the history a little bit about hypnosis. Yep. The early history. Uh, the earliest known work on hypnosis was the Book of Healing, and it was written by a Persian psychologist and physician by the name of Avicenna back in 1027. Hmm. So this is kind of an old concept. Uh, it's a little different, though. He thought that it was, like I said, more to do with sleep in this book, which is just not a psychology book. He also talks about like astronomy, chemistry, earth science. So it's actually a science book. It was also called The Cure. And he discusses kind of mind-body relationships in terms of involuntary movements and the effects of negative emotions. And he refers to hypnosis as al-wam al-amil, in which you create conditions that another person finds so real that they're accepting of this alternative reality. And this actually has nothing to do with hypnosis, but he has like a case study that I found hilarious. There was a prince, and he would moo like a cow, and he would never say anything, or he'd never eat anything. <laughs> and the only thing he would say is he needed to be killed so a stew could be made from his flesh. So he's in the palace. Kind of sounds like a mental health dis disability. Yeah, so he's in the palace. Mm. He's not eating. <laughs> and he thinks he's a cow. So Avicenna agrees to slaughter <laughs> him. So he has the patient <laughs> lay on the ground. And he's like, okay, I'm going to kill you. And the prince is like so excited. He's like, this is great. So then he tells him, he said, well... Unfortunately, you are too lean and sickly, and you, you're not ready to be killed, so I need you to get healthy first. <laughs> yeah, jump on the fattening pins. So then he <laughs> ate eagerly, and after that, he regained his strength and was completely cured. <laughs> this was a case study in the book. I don't that know. That is well, was he, very He was strange. like, you know what? Now now that I'm healthy and uh, a better mind, I, I, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a cow. I don't no, want to be slaughtered mind. for stew. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to go graze in the fields, you know? But the founder of hypnosis is usually considered to be Mesmer. Yeah, which is weird because from what I understand, he was not doing like legit science. I guess that's one way no, of putting it. No, in fact, he got in trouble a lot. There's a lot of like scandals surrounding what he was doing. He called hypnosis animal magnetism, which later is going to be uh, come to be known as mesmerism, which you think about it mesmerizing mesmerism. Right, yeah. We still say that uh -huh. sometimes we do. these days, yeah. His doctoral thesis was titled <laughs> On the Influence of the Planets on the Human Body. So he thought somehow the celestial movement was affecting the body, like like tides. Mm -hmm. And the idea was we all have like magnetic fluid in our bodies. So that is being pulled by the planets, not dissimilar to the way the tides are. And everything has magnetic fluid, not just us, like inanimate objects too. And that fluid can be transferred from one object to the other. Hmm. And illnesses hmm. are actually a result of magnetic blockages. So what he would do is he would run, run uh, magnets over people to restore their health. Interesting. And it, at, at some point, he decided he didn't need magnets because he was so 
magnetized himself that he could just run his hands over people. (laughs) You know, there is a little something to that. For example, there's that aerial picture you can take of cows where they're all facing the same direction. Have you seen this? It's like really weird looking. And there have been people who have done studies on people. They find that people will act differently under certain conditions. Like, for example, when there's a full moon, there does seem to be something to that. Um, I haven't really looked into it that much, but people. I, I can tell you. I, I can. I'm sorry to interject. Yeah. But I can tell you when when working in uh, condensed populations, there were some days when you had a full moon that shit would just crack off, and you're like, "What the hell is wrong with the world? Yeah. What's going on right now?" What the so hell? there are people who still to this day believe some of those ideas that you've just said. No, it's true. Yeah. It's considered alternative medicine. Yeah, but there does seem to be some evidence to support it, though. How much? I don't know. I haven't done the deep dive on it. Well, let me tell you what else he was doing. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, I know what else he was doing. So he went to Vienna and he started a practice. And at one point he had so many clients, like hundreds of day, that he couldn't treat them all. So he made this device, a baquet, which was a large tub, like a wooden tub. um, And it had like water bottles and it was magnetized by him, not by magnets, And it had these iron rods coming out of the top. And patients would come press various parts of their body that were ailing them onto the device so he didn't have to be there specifically. What what kind of parts? (laughs) I'm assuming (laughs) limbs, mostly limbs. But they would have incense burning, like lavender, and there'd be soft music. Some uh, jazz. Some jazz, some soft jazz. (laughs) A little bit of massage. And sometimes they'd have trances with, like, multiple people. And one client was King Louis's uh, wife, Marie Antoinette. Hmm. And there was some scandal surrounding his methods. Ooh. A little too touchy-feely. It would take some of the women in the back room. Like Ross Putin? Like, (laughs) is his name? Right? Rasputin. Yeah, there we go. Rasputin. Rasputin. The king was... uh, Rasputin allegedly carried a very large dagger in his... His uh, sheath there at his side. Is this a... It has, it, it has been said that he is, you know, I'll just, you know, he's, on, he's very well in doubt. He had a big He dick. didn't take showers, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, uh, thanks suppos- for Supposedly he didn't take showers, though. Like, so, like, the, the dude must have stunk. Hey, no. more, more flavor, I guess. I, I heard know. a story. He was very hairy, like animal. I heard a story of this woman who didn't bathe her entire pregnancy because she was worried she would accidentally drown her baby. Hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, people. How does, what? How, does, how does that line up? What the, what the hell? Can you what imagine? the hell, man? Can you imagine? Hey, she was just trying to take care of her baby. You know? Yeah, just wait till she actually has it. <laughs> oh, she hasn't had it yet. Uh, she does now, but yeah. She's like, I don't want to drown. I don't want to drown my baby. Well, let's not further right. embarrass this anonymous person well, who okay, should okay. probably stay anonymous. Anyways, um, there was an investigation, like a thorough investigation by the king. He was not happy because Mesmer would take women into the other room and he'd be gone for a significant amount of time and rumors were flying. And the council determined there was no such thing of mag- as magnetic fluids and he was expelled from the country. Wow. Yeah, so they're like, bye-bye. Really? Go set up shop somewhere else. 
I mean, if he was expelled from the country, either somebody really didn't like him, or maybe he might have done, he actually might have done something. I think the king didn't like substance. him. <laughs> well, hey, yeah. you you, uh, you fool around with the king's wife, you're going to, something's going to come down something's on you. You know, he's down. lucky he didn't get murdered, to be honest. You know what I mean? So some argue Mesmer's ability to induce like this suggestive mental state by, you know, burning the incense and convincing people they were being healed of blockages by these magnetic fluid sort of cures <laughs> was in fact hypnosis. Or, you Did know, he placebo clear effect. a blockage or? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, some say he's the founder of, of hypnosis. And then... The definition would kind of change over time. Um, we have, I think it's Abbe Faria was an Indo-Portuguese priest, and he gave exhibitions of hypno hypnosis without the instrument that Mesmer was using. And he claimed that it was generated from the mind and the corporation of the patient. So rather than some device or the... A uh, person who was doing the mesmerizing being kind of responsible for the state, he argued it was the person who was being hypnotized, which was a first. Hmm. And he understood it was the power of suggestion that led to a trance-like state, almost like a, a placebo effect. And then in the 19th century, we have a big name, James Braid, and he actually coined the name hypnotism, which is from the Greek word for sleep. Um, in a practical essay on curative agency of neurohypnotism back in 1842. Now, he was actually a skeptic of hypnotism, and so he wanted to explain this effect in terms of modern science. So I have a little excerpt here from his paper. Um, he was giving a lecture, and I'll just read it if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. All right. He says, I shall conclude this lecture by a very simple mode of illustration as respects the different points of view in which the mesmerist, the electrobiologist, and myself stand towards each other in what is in fact a theory. By referring to the two theories of light contended for at present time, some believe a positive emission from the sun of a subtle material or inter, what is this, imponderable influence as the case of light, yada, 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 yada. Basically, he goes on to say that Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I did not realize this was so lengthy and scientific. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you've just hypnotized our audience. I know. I'm just going to skip this. <laughs> I'm actually just going to skip this. It just goes on and on, and it uses these words I can't even pronounce. Could so you we're give us a summary? So the summary is that he thought it was a mental and suggestive theory. So rather than mesmerism, magnets, the occult, electrical theories, electrobiologists— he said it was a mental and suggestive state, and he called it a mental theory. So basically, it's a brand new thing, and he's looking at it from a scientific point of view, trying to prove what's going on with science. And that was also a first. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was that was that was terrible. <laughs> is what that was. Uh, Jean Jean Martin Charcot is a neurologist who endorsed hypnotism to treat mental disorders and hysteria. Hmm. Now, hysteria, that's an interesting condition. <laughs> Do you have something to say about hysteria, yes, Agent very, Anderson? Very different. Well, it comes from the word, uh, the Greek, the root word is from, uh, I believe, um, from like, you know, the, the woman parts is like the Latin words. And it was oft, it was a dis, uh, 
you know, a disease or something that was often associated, or I should say 100% of the time associated with women. And it's all fun and games, but they actually would take these women who were diagnosed with hysteria and put them into like menstrual institutions sometimes. And it seems like it was something that was often used by like husbands that weren't happy (laughs) with their marriage to, you know, to kind of get rid of a wife they didn't She's want. She's hysterical, I yeah, tell you. Yeah, hysterical. It's but it's it's just um I don't know, it's a very interesting subtopic. Let's not get into it because first of all, I don't know that much about it. And second of all, it'd be it's probably a whole episode in and of itself. Yes, it is. So the theory of hypnotism would evolve over the 19th century, kind of to become what it is today. And it would do so starting with braid through a series of scientific endeavors and scientific studies. And as our technology has gotten better, we've been able to better understand what's going on in the brain, what's actually happening when somebody is in this suggestive state, is in uh, hypnosis. Yeah, because they can do like brain scans and stuff, right? Yeah, while somebody's being hypnotized and look at like MRI scans and... uh, and figure out which parts of the brain are l- lighting up. So people's, so the part of the region in the brain which helps people switch between tasks, like doing one thing and another and multitasking, is lessened during um, hypnosis. And also the areas in your brain who are s- responsible for zoning out are lit up, and it reduces your fight-or-flight response. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting too. That's like a basic instinct kind of a deal. Yeah, and that's why I think it kind of has this calming effect that's able to reduce pain. I think the fight or flight response is a big part of it. That's really weird. That's because the fight or flight, that's like a reflex type thing that you don't necessarily have a whole lot of control over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, It can also be useful for somebody who's like tense or anxious, like it's used a lot in psychology for for anxious patients to kind of calm them down, you know, to tap into that fight or, or fight or flight and kind of reduce it with, and I think it's, you know, it has to be with the consent of a patient. When I was reading all these scientific articles, they were saying you really cannot get someone to do something they don't want to do, but I'm going to argue that's debatable. It is debatable. Actually, I read up on that a little bit and there are two schools of thought um, that whether or not you can do get somebody to do something against their own, you know, basically their own self-interest. But also there's another sort of adjacent debate is can you even hypnotize somebody against their will? And the jury is kind of out on that one. Like there are some indications that you could probably could hypnotize somebody if who you're, is unwilling. If, you're, if your techniques are good enough, because I've seen like, you know, a lot of different uh, people have different, you know, um, ways to get there, I guess you could say, right? They have different techniques um, and, and they use different techniques to, you know, some of them try to, you know, you know, uh, become relatable to the person that they're interviewing or they're talking to. And then other people have like more like, like with rhythmic type, like yeah. stuff that they do. They can do know, an auditory right? focus. You can use a candle flame. You can have a yeah. progressive muscular relaxation, Use, yeah. you know, the old pendulum, you know, clock. <laughs> you are getting sleepy. The uh, involuntary yeah. movement. Yeah. yeah. You know, some of this stuff, like, like, because before, like, 
and, and I'll have to put it out there right away. I, it's not like I did a ton of research for this podcast because I, I had other things going on and stuff. I was working in the 111 degree heat earlier today. and Oh, that sounds like tons had, of fun. I had to take a little nappy poo after, to be quite honest. And also there was UFC before, so I oh, have to. Oh, I mean, God, do the UFC. I, I, I have no I have no choice there. Come on. I mean, here's the thing. That's, you know, I have no choice there. Okay. I have to watch it. But anyways, so like, uh, beforehand, like the only hypnotherapy that I was familiar with was UFO abduction cases where people had, had talked about what they had had happened to them under hypnosis. And so I wasn't really familiar with, with anything else besides that. Right. So, so I, I was actually kind of very surprised to find out what I found out uh, all the different uses and stuff. But I mean, if you have more history, go, I go ahead and go into it. Like, I don't want to put a pause on it. Like we'll get through with that. No, first, no, that's basically you know? the history. That's, that's Let's, the summarization. That's a very, very condensed history. Well, like, you know, we only have yes. an hour. I could go on and yeah. on. You could probably well, hey, do. Well, there have been entire books written about this stuff. Yes. So, yes, Oh, there. many. Yeah. Many, many books. You that's, know, it's a very interesting, uh, you know, case here. Well, it's a very interesting subject, Subject, you know? But anyways, Ether's history was like the short, 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 short version, like really short What version. are you trying to say? Well, oh, I'm, trying, yeah. I'm trying to say that I wish we had more time to talk about the history of it because it's really interesting, but... Um, Absolutely. We, you know, this is not a hypnosis podcast, so we probably should move along. All right, Agent and you can, ETA, did you want to talk about some of the possible usages of hypnosis? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we had just touched on right there, you could do a whole podcast on just this subject. There's so much here. It's a very broad subject. I mean, there, there's so much going on here and there's so many uses for it. And I was very uh, surprised to find out some some of the uses. I'm not going to go through all of them. Like I said, there's a, there's a lot going on here. It's everything from like anxiety to P, uh, PTSD to depression, you know, like that, and uh, bulimia, uh, you know, it could be used for. Uh, one of the things I kind of found was uh, a little bit interesting was uh, irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> That's random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Well, when I saw that, I was just like, what? How does that work, you know? But I, I guess there, there's actually been a decent amount of research to support this being used in irritable bowel syndrome. Well, I think I, mean, there, I think you can have flare-ups because of anxiety. Like I think there's this relationship between IBS and your mental state. Hmm. There's been some sure. some talk of that in addition to like some go take some probiotics <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah well, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. But the, the, and so like, in 2015, there was an audit of a thousand patients that that uh, undertook uh, gut focused hypnotherapy. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I, it, it was kind of surprising to me when I read it. And it's not like I, I went into this IBS issue that far. I was just like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I wouldn't have never, you know, predicted this. Right. What's the induction but, but, for yeah. that? Is it you are on a boat? On a river, floating through <laughs> yeah, your right? own colon. <laughs> how does that start? And how <laughs> the, does it finish? <laughs> the chocolate river. <laughs> see some oop <laughs> see some Loopas over there on the side, you know, dancing oh, around. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> who was who uh, what was the name of that character in Willy Wonka's uh, Chocolate Factory? Is it Gertrude or something like that? Or I forget. It's been a long time. He was a German. He was a fat German kid, right? He, yeah. He, he, he jumped into the chocolate river or fell into it, whatever, and got sucked up that yeah. uh, chocolate river pipe. 
Yeah, <laughs> oh, that movie is so good. I, I still like that movie. But, but yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt there. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, it's just one of the things. One of these things I would have never guessed. You know what I mean? Yeah. That it could be used for, and like, then also like to to I guess make a note of it. Like a lot of these issues that people use hypnotherapy to try to you know alleviate whatever they have going on. It was I would have never guessed it. Like I said, like even things like menopause, you know. I, I guess it, hypnotherapy has been used uh, to alleviate some of, some of the uh, symptoms of menopause that, okay. that, that women happen. I'm going to interrupt. I found this on the web. What? Once patients what? enter a hypnotic state, so general induction, soft music, you know, some sort of uh, talk down, they're taken through visualization exercises and here are suggestions designed to calm their digestive tract and wean them away from focusing oh, yes. on gut sensations. <laughs> Sorry to anyone with IBS. <laughs> yeah. You, well, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, are, it's definitely a, a thing. In a chocolate river, paddling <laughs> along. <laughs> it's true, yeah, though. I mean, Agent it, ET is right. It cuts, yeah. it cuts the um, abdominal pain in half in most Adults, fifty-three to ninety-four yeah. percent responded to treatment. I read that too. Yeah, you are not kidding. Okay, it's it's unexpected, right? Yes, I would yeah. have never guessed it. Like I said, you know, but like, hey, if it helps people, because I know IBS is a thing that definitely plagues some people, you know. So, hey, if it helps them, then right on, dude. You yeah. know, I mean, why not? Why it works, I, I don't exactly know, but you know, if it helps you, then then good. Why not, right? I mean, why not do it, right? One of the crazier so, ones that I read about was actually pain management. So they can they have successfully used hypnosis in some cases for people to like get surgery without any sort of pain medication. And uh, dude, that is just crazy to me. I guess with lumpectomies in the cases of it's all right. I have good noise removal. Stuff. Okay. I, I guess with lumpectomies, in the case of female patients who are undergoing uh, breast cancer removal and surgery, they'll do a very, very light sedation. And then a lot of times they'll do hypnosis. Like it's very common practice. Hmm. That's really? Just, that's just crazy to me that we're like, okay, you no longer feel any pain. You're like, really? Okay, sure. Why not? I don't want to feel pain. You know, like they can just override basic physical stuff like feeling pain. It's crazy. I actually fully believe in that because there are different practices when when you when it comes to like surgery or like, like a minor surgery, not like when you're taking out a freaking organ or something like that. Right. But any anything from like dental procedures to like 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 simple surgery when you're actually like like cutting into somebody and like like either removing something or just you know, um, it depends on your mind state. Like like there there is a other practices besides like you you know the United States or the Western world like. Um, I, I remember, damn, I forget the name of the documentary. I saw this documentary about like mind state and like what it can do for you and like, like how you can really overcome certain things. Like you don't feel the pain you necessarily are feeling. You, you're giving into it. You know what I mean? Hmm. And um, I saw some, some videotape of like people in like, like Southeast, Southeast Asia doing like minor procedures, but p procedures that would still nonetheless be painful. And like some of these people that were just like, they didn't even flinch. Like, you know, they, they were just like, they were of the mind state that this isn't going to hurt me. This is no big deal. You know, like it's not, it's not that big of a deal. So I'm not going to give into the pain. Basically it's not like exactly what they're saying, but that was their mindset. You know what I mean? 
So, I actually had a tooth filled. I I hate going to the dentist, and it's not even the dental work. It's that damn needle they put in your mouth. Like, for some reason, it really freaks me out. And I know they numb it up. Yeah. But you can feel them poking around. And then afterwards, like an hour after, like my whole jaw aches, not from the dental work, but from the needle so that you don't feel well, anything. Well, it's also... It's also because of the stress that you hold in your jaw and those muscles while the procedure is going on because you're telling yourself, I mean, you're giving in to your your fear of dental work. I had the same problem. I mean, I, I've had a couple times where I had a dental uh, appointment and I, I called in sick basically in the parking lot. I was like, nope, you know what? Nope, I don't, I don't want it. Don't want to do actually, it. I can deal with it for a little I bit longer. I have really bad teeth. I've had a ton of dental work. And the last time I went in, I had a cavity. And I was like, are you kidding? I just had work done and they're like it's not that bad it's it's just a small filling it's not going to take very long and i was like do yeah. i need to have pain medication and they're like what and i was Ugh. like can i just get it done like right now with yeah without pain medication and they're like do you want to and i was like yeah let's try it and they're like it's going to be sensitive and i was like is it going to hurt and they're like no it'll just be really sensitive it's not very deep and so I I did it, and it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't like a great experience, but I went home and I wasn't <clears throat> and I wasn't numb, and my jaw didn't hurt. It was amazing, and I wouldn't get like a root canal without anesthesia or something. But like that oh, yeah, one experience, sure. it was it was wonderful. <laughs> I just <clears throat> I just had my tooth done, and then I went home. I had a similar yeah, yeah. experience during a uh, outpatient procedure, but maybe save that one for the <laughs> after hours. <laughs> you just reminded me of a, a really awesome time I had at the doctor. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a ton of really interesting uses. Oh, Sorry. dear. There's a ton of really interesting even, uses for uh, hip, uh, hypnosis. And it goes beyond just medical stuff. So for a while there, it was actually sort of a fad. Oh, I don't I want to know if I want to, I don't know if fad is the correct word, but it was popular to use forensic hypnosis. So they use it for crime investigations, whether it was trying to uh, hypnotize suspects or even witnesses. witnesses. Okay. To try okay. to get like a better, better recall from or the witnesses. Or maybe like the license plate number. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. And that yeah. was popular for a while but it's sort of fallen out of favor because over time research has shown that people don't necessarily have perfect recall under hypnosis that in yeah. fact they if you suggest to them to find a license plate number they will fill in the gaps in their memory themselves yeah yeah a lot of the time but it's hard it's hard to prove in a court of law yeah you know but sometimes sometimes hypnosis does help people recover memories but it's not um it's not like it is in the movies. They used to think that uh, you could access any memory that you've ever experienced in your life as if your computer was like, or, or that your brain was like a hard drive on a computer. And well, even past lives. Yeah. Some people claim that they could, they could recall information from past lives too. Yeah. So the idea is that if, if I was went for a walk earlier today, every car that drove by me, if you hypnotize me, I'll be able to tell you each and every one of those license plates. But they found they, they used to believe that, but now they found through well, not now, but over time they found that through research they found that that's not necessarily true. It might be in certain specific cases, 
but probably not across the board. I feel like there's not enough yeah. room in my brain for all of my memories. Like as I get older, I f- Are you like Kelly Bundy? No. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that episode of a uh, freaking uh Married with Children? Remember children? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I was going to I was about to say the bunnies but I was like, no, that's not the right one. No. That shows a classic. <laughs> yeah. It is a classic. But yeah, yes, I feel like the older I get, the more I'm like, I used to know that. I used to know that place or the name of that person. And now I cannot for the life of me recall it. Yeah. Like something I used to know really well. And it's just gone. And I don't think under hypnosis, I would remember. There's just not enough room in my headspace. Well, you'll find that that memory May- is probably maybe. not gone. You just need a hook to get it back. We should do an episode on yeah. memory because it's really interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, th- there's people that I have worked with like, like 10, 15 years ago, or even people that I worked with like in a previous career that like I wasn't necessarily close with, but like, like, all right. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one example. Um, it was my, uh, 10 year reunion, I believe w- with, a like the high, after high school. Right. And I chose to go to it. I was just like, yeah, well, fuck it. Why not? You know, I'll go to this, you know, this sounds like a party, you know? And uh, there's a chick that I, 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 we were, we never dated or anything like that, but we were good friends, like in elementary school and also in kindergarten and stuff. I, I had known her since kindergarten, but I hadn't really talked to her throughout like high school, like elementary school, middle school. We had, we had conversations. We were friendly, you know, but like through high school, I never really, I, I never talked to her. And like after high school, I never, I certainly never talked to her. But like, like, uh, right when I, I saw her right, right there and she was a cool chick, man. Like, you know, like, uh, she was, she, she was a uh, very friendly, very athletic and stuff. And like, that, that's kind of like the connection that we had, like athleticism and stuff. You know, we, we, we'd be in like, uh, you know, track and field and stuff. Right. Right. But like, uh, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, I remember her name right away. And I just like said it without even thinking about it, you know, and but then there she have been other like, people. She's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 she no she remembered me too no no it was it was, a, it was a good cordial situation where we had a good conversation for for at least like 45 minutes or so where we just talked about the old times you know and it was great you know but, but like uh there has been plenty of other people that like you know i knew um you know for maybe a short period of time and like uh it was through work and stuff and like we worked together closely but like then i see them in some public situation and i'd be like dude i don't I don't remember your name, dude. Like I remember your face. I know that I know you, but I for the for the life of me, I can't remember your name. You know, and I know I should. You know, because I recognize the face, right? But then, like you would think, like if it was more closely, like the, the time spans weren't as long apart. You know, you you would think you would re- remember the name, but I didn't. You know, it's just like ah oh, shit, man. I just worked with you like five years ago, and I don't remember your name. You know, like. I don't know, but some sometimes though, like in, like in the career that I'm in, you got so many names, like like in the, like that, you know, you have to go through the Rolodex sometimes, you know, and like sometimes it just you don't find that page, you know, you're like ah fuck, dude, I I know I should have remembered your name, but I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know? I'm terrible with names. So I used to um I used to do when I was much younger. I used to work in the mailroom entering uh, payments at an insurance company. Uh-huh. Sometimes I would see some real doozies, <laughs> like some names oh. that would just get me laughing out loud. And then I would just, I would just show it to my buddy oh, and he'd yeah. over. He'd come home and, like, and he'd tell me. like, this, you can't believe what, this is a real name. This is an actual oh, real yeah. name. And I, you know, I oh, tell, yeah. and everybody'd be laughing, be like, that can't be a real name, but they have to, um, 
for nope, for insurance it surely is for auto insurance they have to register under like their real actual name that i don't think they they can't use pseudonyms at least in california i'm pretty sure that was a uh-huh. lot because you know you could look in the system and it would have their actual like you could even look up like their address and stuff in the system you know for example uh-huh. um some somebody who worked there was goofing around and they just found like Barry Bonds was insured for we insured the, his cars and it had his address in there and all his information you're like wow he has a lot of expensive cars as you might expect it shows all his cars and everything sure but <laughs> but anyways, we want we don't want to digress too much into I'm that not- there's this one funny name that I came across re- recently, and this is this guy's real like first and last name. Well, hold His on. Name let's, was- let's save that for after hours. I want to get through. We have some more oh, hip- okay. hypnosis stuff we got to get through. So there's a couple nice. more applications that I wanted to mention because I, ta- I looked into applications as well. So there are military applications. The military says that hypnosis isn't really good for anything because, of course, they do. But if they found something that it was useful for, they're not going to tell us, you know, Mm -mm. but I just wanted to mention that, you know, the government did use hypnosis under MK ultra. They would put people under a lot of LSD and then try to hypnotize them and, you know, shenanigans and whatever. But that's, yeah, that's a whole other episode. We did an episode on MK ultra previously. It was a, yeah, it was a real barrel full of monkeys. So go listen to (laughs) listen to that one i that was one of the episodes i thought that episode was going to be lots of fun but at the end of the day it was just really depressing that um some of the things that were done the uh the next one that i looked at was um self-hypnosis i mentioned this earlier there are different versions of self self self-hypnosis you can use a recording to listen to you can use something called a mind machine which is um it uses like a like glasses to flash lights in your eyes and it has like a recording and stuff. it's like a whole thing they sell them on amazon and they're like 350 dollars plus so i was like dude i would buy one of these if it was like 50 bucks or less i would definitely buy one of these but they're very expensive and they may or may not work on me so i was like ah probably they have not. apps too you can get like a little app and yeah. pay a subscription of course yeah of course i have actually a um sort of um not really a script but pointers uh, maybe I'll do a hypnosis session on a little bit here at the end of the episode as far as self hypnosis goes you can use recordings you can use a machine that will help you do it or you can use a self inducing method where you basically sort of memorize a script and it's memorize is like not the best term because these scripts are not super detailed but I've actually done this before when I had trouble sleeping um, I looked up like a self-hypnosis script and it's very similar to meditation. Not that I've done a whole lot of meditation, but you basically go through this, uh, this script and it, you basically hypnotize yourself. It's really interesting. And, um, I've done that before to, to help me fall asleep, but that's what I was talking about earlier at the beginning of the episode. It's like, it's real. It's 100% a real thing. I've actually experienced it myself. It I is, don't know. I've actually done quite a bit of meditation uh-huh. and from my personal point of view, I would argue that self-hypnosis is meditation. It might be. Whatever it is, it helps me fall asleep. <laughs> so <laughs> so I ain't complaining whatever it is. But I mean, it's definitely a different state of mind, that's for sure. And I have yeah. been hypnotized by another person as well. So When that's, was this? Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I want to hear about this. You were there. Was I? Yeah, you were there. I don't remember. Well, that's part of the deal with hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> now, a mind machine, I wanted to get a definition of this because it's such a weird thing. It's a mind machine is also called a brain machine 
or light and sound machine uses pulsing rhythmic sound, flashing light, or a combination of these, mind machines can induce deep states of relaxation or concentration. The process applied by some of these machines is said to induce brainwave synchronization or entrainment. Now, this is something that's maybe we don't have time to go into right now, but um, it has been proven that when you do something like binaural beats, for example, you put um, you put something in your right ear that's a certain frequency and a different frequency in your left ear, and the difference between those two frequencies creates a beat that you cannot hear, but yet your brain will sort of synchronize to this beat, and it creates a hypnotic-like state. Really, really weird stuff. They have those on YouTube. They have little, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and so I've listened to them before, and they did not do anything for me. You have to wear headphones. I was wearing headphones. I was wearing my noise canceling headphones. Well, the problem with this YouTube- is very. Yeah, go ahead, ETA. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say this is very interesting because we know for a fact every like molecule, every atom in existence has its own like resonance frequency. Yeah, and supposedly this is how like for example like many megalithic structures were were built. You know how the pyramids may have been built by levitating stones and putting them in place and that's the only reason why they could have possibly been able to build these these structures in the timelines that they had supposedly been built in you know mm-hmm. and it may, kind of makes sense to me but like this is being proven in labs in the, at, at, this, at this very time you know yeah like could, this is this is a, an extremely interesting subject to me yeah that's like a probably a whole other episode right yeah multiple yeah but as as far as the self hypnosis goes and the the brain machines or what is it mind machine I want to check one of those out okay so moving along with the other uses there's stage hypnosis which we touched on before which is like a performative form where they get people to come up on stage and do weird strange or embarrassing things there's yeah they force them to do it yeah well they hypnotize them to it yeah there's also um, hypnotic music which we've sort of kind of touched on but the idea is that certain certain patterns or sounds you can hypnotize somebody with sounds or music and they can't really, it's not the same thing as like a willing hypnosis. It's more of like a reflex. So you go into a trance without even realizing that it's being done kind of a thing. So that's one uh-huh. like, but that's like a whole other topic. We don't really have time to get into it right now. Yeah. And there's, there's other things also, like for example, people who may be addicted to smoking a cigarette or, you know, whatever type of nicotine product they have, there has been people, a lot of uh, accounts that I saw online that said that they went through a, under hypnosis and they were able to kick the habit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's one of the things I was, I was kind of one of the medical uses for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of interested. All right. Cause so, so I have a problem with like vegetables, right? Like it's not <laughs> like a taste. It's not a flavor thing. It's like a, it's like a, I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. Like I can't get myself to eat certain vegetables and stuff. Some of them I do like. Like, you know, I like fruits and stuff, but like vegetables in particular, I've wondered about going under hypnosis and like, just like making this hypnotherapist, like convince me that like, oh no, vegetables are great. You love vegetables. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. So well, I've heard that, of people, I've heard of people doing that before. That you know? works for some people. It really does. So you should try it. Yeah. And I, 
But I'm also afraid of like, you know, what if I go go under hypnosis and find out maybe I, I've been abducted by a UFO or something, yeah. you know? Or like, you, you know, I don't want to, you know, if I don't know it, I don't want to know, you know? You're, <laughs> you're eating some vegetables and you, you know, you double checking your bank account and it looks like it's been drained by somebody and that somebody is you. And you're like, wait, when did I drain my bank account? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, yeah. There's different things to worry about there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I've wondered about it. I, I've been interested in it, you know? And so getting back to the uses of hypnosis, there's a couple other ones. They, there was a time during the satanic panic. It's on the list because it's, it's really kind of an interesting time in history. Some people believe that heavy metal music had subliminal messages that were sort of like hypnosis that would lead the youth to immoral acts, drugs, and even suicide. That was believed. Oh, and no. of course, you know, the funny thing is it's kind of like the Streisand effect, right? Probably no musician ever occurred to them to actually put hypnosis in their music to try to get you to do drugs or whatever. I don't but know. I after don't know. I don't after know this, that. but after the satanic panic, that gave them the idea. So some of them definitely probably did it after that, but they, it didn't occur yes. to them before that. But after they're like, oh yeah, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> Let's put that in our music. <laughs> and another one, another use is actually hypnosis has apparently been used for crime. So in 2011, for example, a Russian evil hypnotist was suspected of tricking customers in banks around Starvopol into giving away thousands of pounds worth of money. According to the local police, he would approach them and make them withdraw all of the money from their bank accounts, which they would then freely give to the man. A it was simil- a relative of Rasputin. Yeah, must have been. A similar incident was reported in London in 2014 where a video seemingly showed a robber hypnotizing a shopkeeper before robbing him. The victim did nothing to stop the robber from looting his pockets and taking his cash, only calling out the thief when he was already getting away. And there were also... Um, that's just a couple. There's actually several. There's more of these. Maybe we'll do an episode about hypnotic crime in the future. I don't know. But there's also... Uh, many, many cases of sexual abuse on hypnotized subjects, which is kind of a bummer. So I don't uh, really feel like going into those. No, Agent Egg, out. No more. Agent Egg is trying to crash our uh, our podcast, and I kicked him out because there's yeah, one. You get. There's one last use of hypnosis which I took notation of, and that would be erotic hypnosis, which is apparently legitimately actually a fetish that's a real fetish apparently oh. is uh erotic hypnosis so it's <laughs> apparently associated with the bdsm i guess i don't know how that makes sense but uh so that's, is this like people that want to be put in this state of mind like they're doing it voluntarily or uh, i didn't do like a whole lot of research on it to be honest <laughs> other oh, than, you probably should have other than to say that it was a thing yeah that would be a whole other you know episode probably a you know, bonus i'll go episode. ahead i'll go I'll go ahead and do the research for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Probably a bonus episode that we release on a completely different platform. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. Maybe we have to set up a new platform for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually have a couple of cases of past life regression. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned that earlier. Let's hear about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's also known as PLR for short. And the idea is that you have memories or feelings or especially trauma that comes from old souls passing into a new current life cycle or, you know, incarnation. Reincarnation. Yeah, reincarnation. Yeah. 
And most of the cases I found of reincarnation, of past life regression, were spontaneous. You know, kids would tell their parents in detail, I remember this life, I remember my siblings, I remember dying, and and that would be that. But in some cases, it was because people were under hypnosis, so trying to recall a past life. So I have two famous cases. One is um, Bridie Murphy. And this is like the most famous case, I think, of all. It's Virginia, oh, geez, T-I-G-H-E, Tig, who recalled her past life as Bridie Murphy. So Virginia was the wife of a businessman in Colorado. And in 1952, she told her therapist that over 100 years ago, she was this Irish woman who went by the nickname of Bridie. And she had conversations where she would speak in a pronounced Irish accent. Hmm. And she'd talk all about life in 19th century Ireland in detail. And she published a book, and it sparked a wide interest around the world about the possibility of reincarnation because it was just so detailed. Um, She had Hmm. six sessions total, She gave her birth date, 1798. She talked about her childhood. She grew up in a very religious family in uh, Cork. She married Sean McCarthy, and she died at age 60 in 1858. Now, under hypnosis, only under hypnosis, as Bridie, she would provide numerous specifics like places, events, uh, shop songs, Things that she herself was always surprised about when she came out of her hypnotic state. So, Historic locations from what yes, I understand, too. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, how can somebody who's never been to Ireland, who's not a history buff, know all these things about a past life? Now, journalists couldn't find any record of this person, like, you know, birth certificate or something. But, I mean, it's one person— you know, let's say a hundred years ago, how how are you going to find that person before you know the internet and modern media and that sort of thing? So yeah, you know, there's there's really not a good explanation. There's not a good explanation, and there are some skeptics. Well, I was going to say anybody can fake an Irish accent. I mean, you know, like pop pop cheerio. You know, like it, it's wow, easy. You I know? don't think that's Irish. That I'm was totally Irish. Throwing that. Convincing. In fact, it's like there's an Irish person in the room with us, you know? Yeah. Good day, governor. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's also but, not Irish. I don't think that's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. No, I, I don't think that was quite the accurate depiction of Irish Irish accent, but okay. That's close enough. See, it was like it was like a past life regression right there. Did you hear about this woman, uh, Ingenitier? Variety? Me? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I touched on that story quite quite briefly, but it, w- it wasn't one of the ones I chose to take like notes about or anything. You right. Know? I also I, like, have like a, I said, like yeah. This topic is so broad and expanding. Like I just didn't. I I I didn't know quite initially, at least. Like I didn't know quite where I wanted to go with it. Like like, dude, what direction do you go with this? There's so much here, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's really endless. And oh, then yeah. I have uh, one more case, just very, very short. There was a woman who underwent psych, uh, psychotherapy with Dr. Garrett Oppenheimer. We don't actually know her name. He would later publish a paper about her, and she went under the pseudonym of Monica. 
And Monica thought she was a man in a previous life who lived in Southwest U.S. area. She thought she grew up in, like, uh, Wisconsin or Arizona. She had memories of brothers, sisters. And she said, as a young man, she was a deputy sheriff and one day was killed in the line of duty, shot by three men Hmm. he once sent to jail. Hmm. So remember, that should be well documented. If it happened in the line of duty, that should be something you should be able to, you know, uh, look your research. Well, I don't know. It was back. So she claimed to have died back in 1907. It's not like they kept the best records. It was like what the wild west back then, really. Depending on where you were, depending Uh, on where you were, not not east about that. Wisconsin, I I don't know. Wisconsin, Arizona. Oh yeah, but that that probably be wildest. Well. I don't know, like uh, Red Dead 2 takes place in like the early 1900s, so. So it's all, it's all good. <laughs> so, I mean, that's probably accurate. And finally, I just wanted to mention Maybe. this. This really tickled my fancy. There was a book uh, by a past life regression therapist with, this is the part that tickled my fancy, a PhD in parapsychic science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology. So Hmm. those are quite the credentials. Yeah. And this person wrote a book about pets in your previous life. And what this Hmm. person would do is they would have progressive um, uh, regression. Sorry, they would have regressive sessions for people who were mourning a loss of a pet and say that the pets were actually reincarnated with them. So if your pet was with you in this life, the reason you had such a strong bond is because you actually were the owner of that same pet in a previous life. Hmm. And I was like, Hmm. I want to have all my pets in all my previous life. That would be cool. (laughs) Well, maybe these are pets from our previous lives. We should just do a regressive hypnosis to find our past lives. Maybe we had uh, Buddy and Toby in those. So you can undergo hypnosis, and then you can point to like times and places in history when you had a relationship with your pets. That's fun. Yeah, it was lots of fun. That could be cool. <laughs> I mean, I've I've had some. We, we've had some good pets in the past, man. I've had a couple of myself that like you, you feel like you're you know, like when you have a, a, a like say a good dog or especially a good cat, like like because I feel like like dogs are much more easier. To have a good one, I guess you could say, no matter what breed it is, in general. But cats, like I feel like if they're as big as you or big enough, they kill you. You know? Oh yeah. Like it's 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 hard to find a good cat. Like I'm not a cat person. I do enjoy a good cat. Like that, you know, when you have a good cat that's friendly, and and you know, affectionate, you know, then then cool. I'm I'm down. You know, I, yeah, that's cool. But like I'm much more of a dog person. But yeah, there, there's been a dog or two that that I've had throughout my life, and uh, up to my older years, where there's one in particular. His name was Zeus, uh, and what a what a fucking awesome dog! Just what an awesome dog! I, I couldn't have expected ever having a better dog than that. You know, I mean, so I mean that thing to me that that notion seems like one of those things where it's more hopeful than realistic. You know what I mean? I think like, it's sweet. Uh, I think it's it sweet is that sweet. people love their pets it is. like that much. And there, I think yeah. there's a hope that if you were with your pet in the previous life, you'll be with your pet in the next life too. That's how much we I can love see them. it. Yeah. 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 I can see that perspective, that hope. You know what I mean? Like I said, like, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense that somebody would, uh, would feel that way. 
Yeah, so you, for sure. you have some alien abduction cases. Over oh, I got, I got Anderson? lots of. There's no way I'm going to get through all this stuff. I got lots of stuff, but there's a couple of things, just like basic stuff we didn't really mention yet for hypnosis, like effects that it might have on people. So yeah, it is often used on alien abduction experiencers. That's very, very common. But uh, there are some things that people think about hypnosis that may or may not be true. Like you can't lie under hypnosis, which probably isn't true. Or that you can access repressed memories, which does seem to be true some of the time, but not all of the time. And we talked- It's hard to prove. Yeah, we talked about the, the memory, but- there's also, well, we actually, we kind of talked about that. So I guess I can skip that. But yeah, we didn't talk about really that much about the post-hypnotic amnesia or suggestions. So this is when you're in hip, a hypnotic state and the person hypnotizing you says, okay, you're not going to remember this hypnosis session when you wake up from, you know, when you come out of the hypno or whatever, however they phrase it. And they did this yeah. in the bed. Is that really true? Yeah, they did this in the Betty and Barney oh, Hill Oh, Betty case. and Barney Hill. Yeah. Yep. That's a famous one right there. Yep. And this gets back to the debate that we sort of talked about earlier, where some people think that it's kind of like placebo or performative, and other people think it's real, and maybe it's somewhere in between. I don't know. But there do seem to be like actual real evidence that uh, there does seem to be real evidence that people can be given suggestions that they will carry out once hypnosis is done with, like you will not remember the session or you will sure. do this once we're done here. And that's like, it's kind of like a form of mind well, control, you know? Well, it's even creepy. even during <laughs> hypnosis, even during hypnosis, like, like there could definitely be suggestion going on there, leading somebody along, along a, a certain path of, of, you know, uh, whatever story you're trying to convey, right? Like that, that, that could be a possibility for sure. Yeah. Speaking of mind control, my brother sent me something that tripped me out. Hmm. So they already have technology that can read your brainwaves and type out what you're thinking, which is really great for people who aren't able to talk or communicate for whatever reason. Very recently, they had people um, listen to a Pink Floyd song. Which one? Oh, which which one? Uh, yeah. Why don't you look it which up? One? Why don't you look it up while I talk about it? Okay. They had people what, listen. What should I? What should I? I'm very familiar with Pink Floyd. I'm excited to hear this. You should duck go Pink Floyd reading brainwaves, and they were able to reproduce the song that people were thinking, like in their head, like how they were hearing the song, and then they were able to have like an audible file that you can listen to on YouTube what it sounded like in the people's brains, like what they were listening to. Well, so they're reading that's, their thoughts that's and listening crazy. to them. Another brick in the wall. Another brick in the wall. Oh, that's what it out. was. And so you listen to the sound recording. Oh. It's eerie because it does sound like it, but it's like distorted. I would have chosen astronomy oh, dominate myself. I know, but, you know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, like I, I'm kind of one of these uh, retards. That like the 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 whole time when I'm like like working and doing some mundane like task or whatever, I always have a soundtrack that's like going on in my head, 
You know what I mean? Whatever, whatever song I might be stuck on. And sometimes you get stuck on songs that drive you crazy. And you're like, I don't want to get stuck on the song. I want some better music, but you can't help it. Right. So, but no, there's, there's been plenty of times because Pink Floyd was one of my like early, very early, uh, you know, favorite bands. You know what I mean? Now I'm, I'm so assuming, plenty- I'm assuming they had to hook you up to do this, but how long until well, they don't have to hook you up to do this? Like technology is changing all the time and has so many applications for uh, uh, reading people's minds. Just as an aside, yeah. for, for anybody who has an earworm that they can't get rid of, I highly recommend the song Lip Up Fatty by Bad no, Manners. No, nobody listened to that because song. It's it's not it's not like an annoying song like, you know, like Friday, it's fried. No, it's not like it's it's actually an okay song, but it's really catchy. So if you listen to it, it'll probably get stuck in nobody, your head. Nobody and nobody watched the music video either. Oh well the lead singer is very silly. He's a he's, very it is such a silly song. He's a very eccentric character, I'll say that. But it's a it's a catchy tune and it's not a bad song. It's a good song, so It'll get stuck in your head, hopefully, and replace whatever it is that's annoying you. <laughs> leap up, fatty, leap up, fatty. You know, it, yes, it's a, I knew. I remember. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, and I don't remember what age it was, but I remember like uh, one of our sisters had gone to see the Phantom of Opera, of the Opera, and like uh, she had been playing that that album, you know, because she got the album like uh, and, and was playing it, and I, I didn't hate the Phantom. of Phantom of the Opera, but like I got this like these one or two songs stuck in my head for a couple of weeks, and it almost literally drive me crazy. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. I'm gonna go on the record is the masturbation of music. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Agent Agent Redacted actually got me a vinyl of Phantom of the Opera, like the original Phantom of the Opera with the original cast, which I thought was really sweet of him. Yeah, we found that at that thrift store that we yeah, were at today. Store. <laughs> we got stuck there looking at a bunch of uh, Gundam figures and. And rip off Warhammer oh. 40k stuff. It's, it's really interesting stuff. But nice. All right, let's get back to. So I wanted to talk a little bit about hypnosis. Um, let's see. I'm going to skip some of this amnesia stuff and some. I don't know. I think you should finish your notes, and then we should continue the episode with alien abductions because I would be really interested in doing some research well, myself. Okay, but I don't know if we have a whole episode on alien abduction. So I'll just I'll just go through some of the stuff. So abduction experiences often are very similar to like a hypnotic experience because people will have lost time. I'm sure anybody listening to this is going to be aware of that, right? But like George St. Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> but um it, I don't know. Sometimes I go to sleep and then I wake up, it's a different time. <laughs> but it's uh they'll <laughs> They'll, they'll lose time. <laughs> they will. The, that's that's actually an actual quote, by the way. <laughs> ETA is not making that up. <laughs> I actually put that in my notes. Oh, I love some. I love some GSP, man. He's 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 awesome. But yeah, so you know the classic, the classic missing time. One of one of the hallmarks of UFO abduction. We haven't done a ton of abduction cases. We need to do more, but we'll get to it eventually, I'm sure. But the it just kind of struck me as how it seemed an awful lot like an experience that was where the the witnesses were hypnotized right so of course a lot of these people will go and get hypnotic regression to retrieve these missing memories and that's been used in many many ufo cases and we don't have time to go just into just like betty and barney hill for right. example that is right. yeah that is the classic 
case right there, but there's a ton, so many of them. Now, I just wanted to mention, um, as far as, you know, people practicing hypnosis, the honorable mention I wanted, there's a, there's a few of them that are, you know, related to the UFO field, which you always have to appreciate that because that's pretty much career suicide. <laughs> if you, if you're going to be a professional, you know, in any field and you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to go on the record saying something about UFOs that's not skeptical, then you're pretty much done. Right. But Leo Sprinkle, mm-hmm. which I, I'm not going to lie. Another reason I wanted to mention this guy is because he has an excellent porn, na- porn name, you know, Leo Sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We come across a lot of that, those. But, but yes. <laughs> yeah. His full name is Ronald Leo Sprinkle. <laughs> and, uh, he was, um, he was sort of a pioneer, right? So he is, uh, an American psychologist and he studied at the University of Colorado and earned his PhD at the University of Missouri. He's, he was also for a long time professor at, um, at the University of Wyoming. So he's like a real professional, like legit scientist. He wrote some books about the topic and co-authored some stuff. One of his book, one of his books is called Soul Samples, and I believe that is available on Amazon for anybody interested. But he's written a bunch of articles, book chapters, you know, you name it. He's written about it. But he's also written about other topics, including UFO research, ESP, reincarnation, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So he's, you know, he's right in line with the stuff we typically talk about on this show. But one of the things is he sort of was one of the, one of the pioneers with using hypnosis on UFO experiencers. And he did so, you know, pretty much against the, his be- own better interest but he was just sort of interested in the topic. We don't really have time to do a rundown on his whole career. That's a whole other episode, but I just wanted to mention Leo, good old Leo sprinkle there and his. Yeah. Well, and there's another, there's another, there's an episode we've actually done before on lost time by, you know, the, the UFO abduction of Travis Walton. Yeah. I mean, that that's a very substantial one there as well. You know? Yeah. We've done a bunch of them. Well, not a bunch. We've done some of them. But I think we've probably mentioned Leo Sprinkle before because he pops up in a lot of these cases. I think I saw that he did uh, hypnotic regression in over 500 UFO cases, something like that. He's done a bunch of them. His name does pop up occasionally on these things. Yeah. Here's a quote from him. My approach is to minimize the tendency to explain or explain away the reality of psychic experiences and to emphasize the willingness to explore the personal meaning of these human experiences or spiritual emergence. So I thought that was a really interesting quote because he's not necessarily saying, hey man, all this stuff is real. He's saying, all right, well, these people had real experiences and what does that mean to them? You know, he's, he's kind of just trying to say, follow, follow the info. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to line up one way or another all the time here. Just like follow the information. Let, let's see what, where it leads us. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right. It's got to go past that a little bit. All right. Now I had a couple of, um, just a couple of real short stories of, you know, UFO cases that we may not have talked about that nobody's talked about because there are so many, once you start searching, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these, but I just wanted to mention a few oh, yeah. that I ran across that I'd never heard of and they're not prominent cases. So for example, 1975 on October 27th, two young men, one of them was David Stevens and the other one, their name was not given. They were driving near Trip Pond in Maine 
they saw a UFO that had landed in a field. Well, they saw it in the field. One can only assume that it had landed there. It had to get there somewhere, uh, somehow. Anyways, as they drove by, it rose up and followed their car. The car suddenly, they suddenly lost control of the car and it slid sideways. And after that, they lost consciousness. And of course, you know, they had lost time and all the other stuff that goes along with an abduction case. Now, they didn't remember the abduction, but in December of that year, David underwent hypnosis to recover his missing time or those lost memories. He remembered seeing hairless beings with mushroom-shaped heads, and they took him into an exam room on their ship and did medical procedures and took a blood sample. They scanned him with some sort of strange device, and then he and his co-witness, whatever his name was, were returned to the car. So that's a story that I've never heard before, but there are so many <laughs> like this. <clears throat> you, you taught you, uh, you, you amused by their, uh, their mushroom tips there, Asian EGA. <laughs> oh, hey, wait, hey, you said it. I didn't say it. Hey, the witnesses said it. I didn't say it. Don't blame me. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, um, <laughs> A, uh, also in 1975, Sergeant Charles Moody, he was in the desert watching a meteor shower when he saw a UFO come towards his car that he was in. And I guess it landed, beings got out, one thing led to another, <laughs> and he had missing time. This one's interesting, though, because he didn't get hypnosis. At first, he didn't remember anything, but after a couple of weeks, he started to have fragments of memory. And then by October, he was able to completely recall the incident, which was, you know, your typical, he woke inside the ship. He spoke with the leader, medical experiments, got a tour of the ship, you know, the whole nine yards. A tour of a UFO? What? Yeah, that'd be badass, right? So, I mean, I got a couple more of these, but I mean, they're all- give him a tour if he's not going to remember it? That's an interesting question. Just wondering. Well, I mean, like like we've talked about before- there's, I think there's actually a term for this, but like when your brain experiences something that you can't really reconcile with your own version of reality, it doesn't tend to stick. It's similar yeah. to similar to a traumatic experience, but not the same thing because it may not be traumatic exactly, but it's something that your brain doesn't want to remember. Kind of like the Phoenix yeah. Lights, many of the witnesses for the Phoenix Lights said that they didn't remember it until they saw it on TV. And then they remembered, oh yeah, I saw that really weird shit that freaked me out, you know? All right, let's end up here yeah. with, um, I have I have some prompts for an actual hypnosis session. Ooh. So if you're driving, probably, uh, probably skip past this part. I don't know, because I don't want you to crash or anything. But all right, here we go. You're going to hypnotize us? You are feeling... Okay, hold on. Very sleepy. Okay. Relax all of your muscles. Okay, you relaxed? Not if you do that. <laughs> Come on, I'm pretty good at meditating. Just do it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry, I just pooped. You told me to relax, so my bad. I just, I know I probably should have had a diaper on. You're, you're feeling very sleepy. <laughs> no, okay, okay, start it, start it, okay. Okay. Okay, close your eyes. You closing your eyes? They're closed. Okay, take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and take a deep breath out. All right. Now do that again. And as you breathe, you can feel yourself becoming more relaxed. 
Why not? I, po- well, I pooped silly. again. Sorry. I'm I pooped not, again. I'm not silly. I didn't do anything silly. It's not going to happen. What? Asian ETA is too silly. Too. Oh, well, what can you do? <laughs> well, I, I just, I didn't have a full script here. I was just going to wing it, but I have, <laughs> I have done self, self-hypnosis, so I could definitely wing it off of these prompts, but, but I don't know, maybe some other time. I'm too giggly at this <laughs> yeah. point. It's not going to work. It's huh? like when you're a teenager and you get like the, the giggles and you can't stop. I think I was doing okay there for a second, though, before you started giggling. I couldn't help it. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I'm not a real hypnosis. But yeah, you could find videos and recordings and all sorts of stuff online, scripts and hypnotic scripts, self-hypnotic scripts. There's all sorts of things. But the one I used to use for self-hypnosis I still use sometimes is, okay, so you start off. Go ahead, try this. Try it. Try it. Is this the muscle, progressive muscle relaxation? I don't know. Just try it. Am I, so, am I going to poop again? Yeah, probably you are. Yeah. So you close your eyes. Okay. And you picture yourself in a room. And the room has no windows or no doors. It doesn't have anything. In fact, all the walls, the floor, and the ceiling are all the same color. It could be any color that you prefer, but it's just a monotone color. There's no decorations. There's nothing. There's just you and the room. Now imagine that you're connected to each corner of the room you can see a string connecting to each corner of the room picture that in your head now imagine another string going not just to the corners but also to where the walls meet that's a lot of extra points so it's the corners where the walls meet so you have all these strings going from you sitting in the middle of the room to the corners, and to the walls. Now you see a staircase appear in front of you. It's going down through the floor of the room. You stand up, and you start walking down the stairs, one step at a time. Each step you take, you become a little more relaxed. There's one step, two steps. You're feeling a little more... (laughs) Stop laughing, Agent (laughs) Ether. Doing so good. <laughs> then, yeah. I have one string. I have one string. Left. I'm It's a very today. important string. You know, this I'm, one string is leading from my butt to the bathroom. <laughs> I um, I'm pretty good at the visualization. I can. Yeah. I was like, all right, I got the corners. <laughs> well, so all right, I got the points on the walls. I was like, okay, this so the is way great. it works. The way it works is that if you have to picture, you know, yourself tied to just one string, that's fairly easy to do. But it actually takes some effort to picture yourself connected by a string to each corner of the room. You actually have to put some effort into to, um, to picture that. So it distracts you from anything else going on. It distracts you from noises outside. It distracts you from thoughts in your own head as you're trying to go to sleep. I use this to go to sleep. So you can't think about all the stuff you forgot to do today or all the stuff you need to do tomorrow because it's, it's, not, it's hard to picture all that stuff. Actually, my job... Is mm-hmm. kind of what you just described. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> like well, don't get me wrong. I like what you're talking about, but that kind of reminds me of some bondage stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, with all the <laughs> hey, ropes and stuff. I didn't tied to corners and being I didn't say ropes. And stuff. I know you didn't say. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you can be tied with whatever you want as long as it's a strong enough bondage. You know? Take a lot of string. But then you when, be punished for what you've done because you're a you, bad boy. And you need to be whipped. You get down the staircase and halfway down. <laughs> The stairs actually go into water. Okay. Right? All right. Now, as you step further uh-huh. down the water, 
you can feel the water going further and further up your body. And as you're at every step you take, the, the water goes a little bit higher, but you where, must flow like water, my friend, wherever the water is, whatever's underwater becomes a lot more relaxed, right? Yeah. So by the time you're completely submerged in the water, you're also completely relaxed. And probably asleep. And the, the reason why this is effective is because you start with, let's say, your feet. So you relax your toes. Then you relax your feet. Then you relax your ankles and so on and so forth. But it's not, I'm not giving you specific instructions, or in this case, you're not giving yourself specific instructions relax your calves, whatever. No, you're picturing the water slowly going up your body like you're walking into a pool. It's a sensation that most of us have experienced going down the steps into a pool and that cool water slowly going further and further up your body and anything below the water becomes relaxed. So you're relaxing parts of your body over time. And by the time it's over your head, you're totally relaxed. The The script goes on beyond that, but usually by then I'm totally asleep. <laughs> you know what I've been really inspired by one of my coworkers. I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever taken an ice bath? No, but actually that reminded me of isolation tanks, which I definitely do want to try at some point. That would be cool too. Yeah, for but, sure. But right, I think I think since I live out in the desert and stuff, like I I this sounds very, very nice. Like to take an ice bath, like like I want to submerge myself in just complete coldness. Like, you know, it'd be so, it sounds so refreshing, you know, it and does. There's, yeah. there's supposed to be a bunch of, a bun- bunch of health, uh, positives to it. Well, too, let's, you know, let's hold off on all that stuff for the after hours right now. we got to wrap it up because aging ether is still falling asleep. So it's really oh. hot in here. <laughs> yeah, it is hot in here. That's true. I'm, oh, I, I am sweating, <laughs> but all right. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. Thanks all the Patreon subscribers for supporting the show. And I guess until next time, keep it strange.